name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These past two weeks, the first two weeks of Lent, our Lord has had us focus on the relationship of His prescription that we should fast and pray and its relationship to our spiritual warfare particularly our standing firm in the growth of self-control that Christ is producing in us in the prayer and the fasting in the face of Satan's temptations. Which is why that truth resounds from the preface of Lent that's chanted in every liturgy during Lent. It says, Almighty and everlasting God, who by bodily fasting does curb our sinfulness. In other words, as we fast and pray, Christ our God is at work in us, strengthening our resolve in the face of temptation and giving room for something else, something far better to blossom in our soul. A soul that's now more given over to Christ, more and more strengthened throughout Lent. And what is it that blossoms in the soul during Lent? By our prayer and fasting and the work of Christ within us. The very next line of the preface of Lent gives us the answer to that. Through prayer and fasting, it says that Christ our God bestows both virtue and its reward upon us. That is the very virtues of Christ, His very nature that grows and flourishes within our soul as we fast and we pray and we overcome and we are healed. Ultimately, there's one virtue. I remember reading a book by Peter Craved called Back to Virtue. And there's one virtue that Peter Craig describes as the hinge upon which the door of every virtue swings. You might consider this virtue to be the virtue that is the gateway, the pathway to every other virtue of the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that virtue is love. Today we want to look at the transforming power of Christ in our becoming love, the love of God, the love that God is. And St. Paul gives this to us in our epistle reading today from Ephesians in chapter 5 when he says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Before I go on, please grasp that. This is Discipleship 101. Be imitators of God as dear children. Like a little child to a father that watches what his father does and begins to imitate it. Like a little bird almost mocking, imitating a father in everything that he does. This is the idea that St. Paul is setting for all of us spiritual children to our Heavenly Father. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. As an offering and a sacrifice to God. A sweet smelling aroma. You know we're used to hearing in our faith over and over again. That God is love. And that our salvation is wrapped up in becoming like our God. And therefore becoming love. In fact love is the very means by which the judge of all our Lord Jesus Christ will judge every one of our souls on that last day when we go before him if we pay attention to the parable of the sheep and the goats. When the sheep and the goats are gathered, what was the litmus test as to whether they would enter into paradise forever? It was this. Does Christ see himself 
in us? Does he see himself in us more than when we first started the journey that we embarked on in him? Did we let him heal our lives? Did we let him deliver us in this life? Did we become love more and more throughout our lives? We're used to hearing that. I wonder, have we ever considered this? Have we ever thought of becoming love as the very path to victory in spiritual warfare in our lives? Becoming love as our path to victory. <coughs> Over all of our vices. Over all of those besetting sins that we constantly are struggling with and falling to. That love might be the very antidote and victory to these things. Because we have got to see our vices. At least we need to get to see our vices. As being the absolute antithesis, the very opposite of love itself. We see this very clearly if we think about it in Christ's perfect summary of the law of God that we hear in every liturgy. It's all founded in love. What does it tell us? What does Christ tell us? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. When we think about it in those terms, the truth is this. All in the law, all of the thou shalt nots. We need to think about them this way. All of the thou shalt nots are disruptions and blockades to either loving God or loving one another. Let me give you a few examples. The law says, God through the law says, thou shalt not steal. How can I love my neighbor? And in the same moment, going out of envy or want or whatever's in my heart, go and rob him of something that he has. Thou shalt not commit adultery. How can we love our spouse? How can we love our neighbor and his spouse and commit adultery in the same moment? It's impossible. You know, you're really going to have a hard time murdering someone in the name of love, right? And I say that tongue-in-cheek, but it's true, and we need to be mindful that there are many ways that we can murder our neighbor beyond physically. We can murder our neighbor in our heart and in our words and, be, and in our malice towards them. We can do great damage considered murder to someone as well as physically. And what about fulfilling the law by our love for God with our whole self? In the law, God says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I cannot, it's impossible, I cannot love God with my whole being and have idolatry in my life. It's not a possibility. I can't have idolatry in my life and love Him. That's something that I love and devote myself to more than Him. You see, love and vices, vices being those sins stemming from our yet unhealed, not yet healed parts of our soul, Love and vices cannot coexist in the same moment and the same action together. One must conquer the other. One must conquer the other. And that's where the good news, thank God, comes in. That Christ our God has come to heal us, to restore us, to elevate our souls out of all this fallenness and fallen behavior and all of these vices recreating us. Making us new and transforming our very lives. 
into our most true selves, which is like Him. And as we're healed through blessed repentance, love is growing and beginning to abound in the life of every Christian. And as we're becoming loved by the healing work of Jesus Christ in our lives, our vices are diminishing in direct proportion to the way that Christ is making us to become loved. <coughs> this is what's happening in our souls. For where love begins to flourish, the reality is we lose our taste, if you will, for all of these vices. We just don't want them anymore for our love for God and our love for one another has grown within us. I shared by email this past week a teaching written by our newly elected Metropolitan, Metropolitan Saba. And the title of it was called Love, A Cross and Resurrection. Let me share with you just a few thoughts Metropolitan Saba shares with us regarding becoming love as the antidote to and our victory over vices and sin. He teaches this. Our love for each other confronts us with our weaknesses and our vices that control our lives, which in turn can kill our talents, take away our joy, and limit our potential. On the other hand, Love can give us life and joy and bring all our positive potentials to its fulfillment. Through the process of loving others the right way, we discover our weaknesses and our vices, especially those hidden ones deep in ourselves. Living and interacting with others in love, he says, makes these passions come to the surface and equips us to confront them and to overcome them. Only then will we be free. Love, he says, will break our hard-heartedness, heal us from our passions, and liberate us from our selfishness and our sins. This is the path of love, he says. The more we love others, the more we are liberated. You see, becoming love is ultimately our victory in spiritual warfare over Satan and over the demonic in our lives. As we grow, becoming more and more like the love that God is, the tempting voice of Satan and the demonic become little more than an aggravating noise to us that simply has no door through which to enter into our soul and have its way in our very being. It's become that weak and flimsy to the one that's becoming love. For our love for God, our love for our families, our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and even our love for our enemies, those causing the most chaos and turmoil in our lives and in this world. This love of God is what reigns in our lives, and it steadies the soul. It steadies the soul. Let me leave you with a litmus test for our soul that will help us throughout our journey of Lent. I think, come to see where we are in need of healing and repentance in order to become love. It's the voice of St. John Chrysostom commenting on St. Paul's letter that we had read today from Ephesians 5, our epistle reading. St. John Chrysostom teaches, See how love is the foundation of everything. Where love is present, there is no anger, no railing, no passions for things other than God. No blasphemy. All of this is put away. 
And as the Lord has loved you, so you love your neighbor. Even if you're not able to do that completely, you must do it according to your graced ability. I read that statement over and over again this week. My mind kept going back to some people in my life that I know had allowed Christ to heal them, and they truly become love all of their days. And I tell you that the most thinking about them, the most content, relaxed, and stable people who are at peace that I have ever known are people that have grown to love God, and through them, the love of God loves others. I never see them, and I've thought about this, I never see them rocked by or worried and angry about all that's going on them in this world and in this life. Whose fault is it that our country is going down the proverbial toilet, whether where it's heading, perpetually blaming in their hearts this person or that person, this group or that group, this religion or that religion. It's their fault that everything is going down. I don't see that in them. Because St. Paul says, and the people that have grown in the love of God know this, that our fight in this world is never against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, the demonic that influence everything. Our fight is never against humanity. We've got to come to a point. We've got to come to a point within our hearts and stop raising our fists and blaming others for everything that's going on in this world and start attending to the great darkness and the lack of love that's within our own souls so that we're the ones that can be freed and we can be a living testimony of one who has become freed by the love of Christ. And that's when we become the aroma of Christ to the nations. Then and only then will others be saved from their dysfunctions and all of their destructive natures. It's as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, that great chapter written on the great virtue of love, when he says, Though I speak with the tongues of angels, though I have the gift of prophecy, and I have all the mysteries and the knowledge, or I have all the revelations of God to man that are given, though I have all of this great faith, if I do not have love, I am just a noise. A clanging, clamoring symbol. Annoying to the ears of others. Not the aroma of Christ and indeed probably pressing them further away from him. Because I do not have love. And St. Paul concludes saying, if I, have, if I have not love, I am nothing. This world is not in need of our noise. It is in need of the manifest love of God in and through the body of Christ for those who are being healed. And if we let Christ heal and renew and transform our lives, we become that very aroma of Christ himself to every soul around us. What might happen if we become love? I would love to see that question answered among us and in this world, through his church, everywhere. But we have work to do within our souls first. There's healing to be done to become that so that Christ can so manifest himself truly through us. Our Lord's word to us today, very simple. Become love. Let him heal you. Become love in Christ's victory over Satan and the demonic will become yours to share over the same. And maybe perhaps... 
This puts a bit deeper dynamic of understanding on the teaching from St. Porphyrios that I shared with you last week. When St. Porphyrios taught, when a bad or gloomy thought, fear or temptation threatens to afflict you, don't try to fight it and get rid of it yourselves alone. Open your arms to Christ's love and he will embrace you and then it will vanish by itself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.